Press play. Curtain of an hour in. It's time to take spin. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got nom? They option now. Oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. Drama. Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life in New, New York, York City. City. I am Connor McDowell. And I am Dylan McDowell. And it is a new day. It's a new dawn. It's a new life. And I'm feeling good. Yes. In 2021. <laughs> I know. New year, new me, same podcast. Exactly. But we're back with more drama. I'm, I feel such a nice vibe in the air. Our guest today is someone incredible. We'll get to that in a second. But before, I'm kind of curious, Connor, I see you every day, but the listeners don't. <laughs> how, how were the holidays for you? I love that we do these check-ins as if we like actually haven't talked about some of this stuff. But that we're in the same house. Same house. <laughs> I know. It's truly fun. It's like the illusion of it. But I'm good. The holidays were great. I, I feel like it was very restful you know, in the past couple of years, we're like, oh, the holidays are always so stressful because we're like flying home, going to this party, going to that family party, seeing all these people, dot, 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 boom, boom, boom every day. And this year it was kind of nice to just, you know, chill out on Christmas day and not have a booked schedule. We could really just like truly watch every holiday movie we wanted to watch or be lazy. It was, it was fun. It was really yeah, good. Cause there was, there were no parties, you know, Everything there were no parties. Thankfully. But Dylan, you got you me know? some great Christmas gifts, like this ring light that is shining a beautiful light. Now About not, time we invested. It was time. We'd only been using zoom for almost, almost a year, which is so sad. I know. I know it'll be a year in March. I can't believe or it. No, I guess May, I guess in May. Okay. Yeah. You're okay. Yeah. For us doing zoom on this, but how, mm-hmm. how was, mm-hmm. how were the holidays for you? So good. You know, New Year's Eve is one of my favorite holidays and it kind of timed perfectly because I read Shonda Rhimes' The Year of Yes on New Year's Eve. I finished it all in one day and it was um, the perfect way to kind of kick off the year because it's all about, you know, seizing the moment and saying yes to fear and jumping in. And that is what I think this year is going to be because as things start to reopen and life comes back in this, in this great new way, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take every chance. I love that, Dylan. I'm gonna get that tattoo. <gasps> Another one? <laughs> well, 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 we'll talk about that later. Okay. You know, it was also a great time to just watch lots of TV. I mean, we binge watched so much. Truly so much. Something I'll talk about in my dose of drama, actually. Okay. I'm gonna save what I was just thinking. Some shows in which our guest today actually appeared in. <gasps> drama. I love this. I know. I love this. All right, Dylan, shall we do would you do the I'm gonna, honors? I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring this legend in yes come on our guest today is a 2020 tony award nominee for best performance by an actress in a featured role in a musical for creating the role of grand georgian in tina the tina turner musical on broadway this native south carolinian has been treading the boards since her broadway debut in a streetcar named desire in 1988 becoming a staple in the community for 30 years this tony nomination is just a cherry on top of that chapter as audiences will know her as the first black actress to play madame morrible in wicked on tour from singing be italian as saragina in the revival of nine opposite antonio banderas and then also appearances in macbeth 
Electra, and much more on the great Bright Wang. She's part of the Drama Desk award-winning outstanding ensemble of School Girls or the African Mean Girls play. The Rolling Stone is a Lortel nominee for The Lucky Ones and was Lortel and Outer Critics Circle nominated for her role in Familiar. She was a member of the Royal Shakespeare Company. Not everybody has that, uh, where she appeared in The Winter's Tale and Pericles. Film and television credits include one of the shows we watched, Defending Jacob, Atlanta, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Girls, Madam Secretary, Elementary, Ben is Back, The Big Sick, all three of the Law and Order series and more. She is a Fox Fellow, a Williamstown Theater Festival queen, and our first guest of 2021. Please welcome to drama, Myra Myra Lucretia Lucretia Taylor. Taylor. Oh my gosh, you guys are so sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're such big fans. Oh, thank you. You're very kind. Happy so New nice Year. nice to meet you. Happy New Year. Oh, thank you. Happy New Year. We're finally here. 2021. I know. We made it. We made it. How, how were your holidays? How was your New Year? Well, you know, it was very quiet. It was very, very quiet. I do. I am the main uh, caregiver for a relative. So right. I spend a lot of time uh, kind of doing that and thinking about that and, you know, just feeling kind of grateful and humble. So it was just a time of uh, reflection and some work. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, are you still in the city or did you go back to South Carolina maybe? No, totally. I'm still in Manhattan. Okay. Uh, this relative is in Manhattan. So I spent okay. like, I'm here. I didn't go anywhere. And, um, you know, it's so funny when the, the pandemic hit, it just turned into this horror but when it first came and, you know, Bravo was going to shut down, I thought, oh, I feel bad for thinking this, but I could use a break. But who knew it would be this long? Who knew? I know. I everything. I miss the company. I miss my home. I miss the theater. My home is a the theater. I walk by the theater and I just go, oh. Oh, you know, it's, it's so funny because I, I remember thinking, you know, I could use two weeks off. It's been a crazy, it's been a crazy period. And then it's been how many months? 10, 11 months? No, not 11. Maybe 10 months. Um, You know what I was actually thinking about? The Friday before Broadway shut down, we were offered tickets to mm -hmm. go see Tina. And we were like, you know what? We have been go, go, go. It's been crazy. Let's just take this Friday night and stay in for once and just relax. Little did I know I'd be staying in for a long time. And I, I never got a chance to see Tina. I know. The biggest regret of 2020, truly. Hopefully we'll be back. You know, hopefully we'll be back. And it's it's a remarkable show. There's a point at the end where we, you know, do a thing called the Mega Mix. Oh, love a Mega Mix. Right? And then the audience, they're just on their feet. I've just never had that kind of experience where the audience is giving you back what you gave them mm. like tenfold. It's just amazing. You feel like you're part of some great healing. So, Did they, Does the audience sing along at the, in the Mega Mix? They sing along. They stand up. The faces are upturned and bright and shiny, and the, the room is rocking. And it's just, you just know people are leaving. And some people are leaving. They're much, much better than they, they came in. Mm. Oh, I love that. You know, that's the, the power of, the, of a jukebox musical, too, which... You know, people have their opinions on them, but my my thought is just 
when you walk in knowing the music and the music that meant so much to people at different points in their lives, it almost brings a chill down your spine or a tear to your eye when you hear that song and remember that moment or feel something. I think it helps you connect with the story even more. I think so. And I think it helps you connect with uh, the the pulse of life, the, the spine of life, the core of life, and especially that is Tina Turner. Mm-hmm. I mean, how lucky are we that we get to witness this human being that we're alive at the same time that she's alive? I mean, I saw something on one of those shows, uh, the Simon Cowell shows, and there was a 12-year-old singing Rolling on the River. And I thought, oh, my goodness, this is ridiculous. But the audience went crazy. And I know that everyone was channeling Tina. Everybody wanted to be part of that moment that Tina was a part of. I mean, I know it started with John Fogarty, right? I think John Fogarty wrote that. But it's the Tina Turner version that everybody steps into. You want to be in that energy. Just Just thank goodness for Tina. I know. A true living legend. Now, were you a big Tina fan before you got involved in the musical? I mean, always, but not in um, just in a kind of of uh, kind of like the air that you breathe way. I mean, like, you know, like your relatives. I remember my aunt, you know, I was a little girl and we were driving somewhere and my aunt was like, oh, that Tina. I love that Tina. That's <laughs> Tina. You know, and you just Tina just becomes a part of your life. She's just a part of the air you breathe. And so, yeah, it just um, it's like a dream come true, but it's just like food and air and water. Tina. i love that so much oh my goodness and you know from what i've heard is that people really really connect to your performance because they see the humanity and they see maybe their own grandparent in the role that you're playing oh my goodness that's so oh so lovely it's really a great feeling i mean you know when the show is over or used to be over and you go out and you meet people so many people would say you remind me of my grandmother, you know, and they would be so kind of in their feelings. And it's just good to be able to be a part of that for people because life is tough. Mm. It can be tough. And some you need a soft moment, soft places to land. And for a lot of people, that's like your grandma. Oh, yeah. You know, and I'm glad to be able to do that. Uh, well, you're remarkable. And I... It'll be one of the first shows I see as soon as Broadway comes back because I am just kicking myself every day for missing it. And, you know, from what I've heard, Adrian is just a supernova. Adrian is something else. Oh, it's funny. Carlton, right? You met Carlton at the top of the... He came to... um, He came early on. What show did you come to? He came to the Invited Dress. Oh, exciting one. Right? And he wrote something on Instagram where he said something like... Right, wig snatch. Ah. He, like, he said, "My edges are gone, Adrian." This oh, I would be bald. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that wig snatch. That's so funny. That you know, and she's wearing an iconic Tina wig too. So, <laughs> oh, just oh, I mean, come on. She's just Adrian is a dream. She's a dream. She's just a wonderful person, and we're just, we're so lucky. We're so lucky. We're so lucky in all of the Tinas. You know, we have a few people too that can that come in and do it, and, and yeah. Tina. So we're, it's great. So now Adrian was the only person who did it over across the pond, but had you gotten the chance to see it before it came to the states? Like, can you tell us just a little bit about how this role in the show came into your life? Oh, 
I didn't know anything about it. We were doing schoolgirls. And um, uh, somebody told me, you know, the show is coming. And um, I think there's a part in it <laughs> that might be good for you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so I almost missed it. I almost blew it. Because I went down there and I auditioned and I had met Philida before because I had done this, um, I got in a Fox grant a few years ago. And part of it was kind of exploring gender and Shakespeare. And so I went mm. to London and I met with Philida and we talked about that, you know, because someone knew her and I was kind of in her kitchen and we were chatting. And then I walk in the room and there's Philida and she's like, don't I know you? I was like, <laughs> yeah, you know, and so then we had that moment. But, but. My agent, something happened with for the callback where they changed the time or something. And my agent was like, okay, pay attention, Mara, because they changed this. And I was like, yeah, 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 I got it. And then I'm sitting in my living room and I get a call. Myra, uh, uh, your appointment is now. Where are you? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> so I, I jumped in the cab. I got downtown in like, I don't know, like minus 15 minutes. <laughs> and I walk in the room and I managed to do it and it happened. How did that happen? Ah. How did that happen? You know, it's a it's a musical, it's a singing part. You've got like this is New York where people don't sing, they sang. And it, <laughs> uh I, I just feel so so lucky. It was just so fortunate. Such a fortunate thing. Oh my god. I'm 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 putting myself in your shoes and just imagining getting downtown in 15 minutes and you were ready and you slayed it. And now you're a Tony nominee for this performance. Congratulations. Thank you. You know, it's kind of like, wow, like the best news in such a challenging year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, everyone's going, okay, 2021, I can't wait till 20, can't wait till it gets out of here. Screw this year. Blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, it was a challenging year, but I got nominated for a Tony. You did. You did. And you'll always have that. And, and you have had such a career that it's it's about damn time you got nominated for a Tony. Oh, well, <laughs> I mean, you know, you're being generous, but it's this theater, like there's no, nothing. You can't expect anything. You just have mm. to do what you do and, and hope that you get to do it some more and that you get paid enough to pay your bills and, and that you don't become a kind of harsh and bitter person because of, of anything that might happen. And so for that, I'm grateful yes. to all these years later that I'm still kind of a person that I want to be. Yes, you've had such longevity. What would you say has kept you not away from the jaded? So, I, you know, even being in New York, I think I lived there for two years and I was working in a theater office and people would come in and they were just, they were so beaten down sometimes and they would just be so negative about a show they saw or different things. And I always thought, why are you in this business if you seem to hate it so much, mm. you know? And it's, I would try to have to find little ways to remind myself how lucky I am and how long I dreamed of moving to the city. What would you say keep kept you on the positive side of things for, you know, 30 years or so? Well, you know, on the really practical side, I grew up here. Um, I, so I didn't have to come from somebody's my, a lot of my family is here. Um, my overhead is not that great. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that allows for, you know, off Broadway moments and, and mm -hmm. reading moments. Um, and that's, that's a big thing. That's a big part of it to, and, uh, uh, having my family so close, I always knew like, no matter what happened, I would be able to eat. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would have some place to stay. And that's, that's huge. It's huge to feel like you would have some place to land. And people, there would be somebody there who would say, that's all right, Myra. We know you tried your best. Come on, sit down. Aww, sit down yeah. and have some tea or something, you know? That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big part of it. That's awesome. Now, I do want to dive into, you know, various parts of your career, but I do want to jump all the way back to maybe maybe 30 years ago. I don't know when this happened, but on the podcast, we call it a ring of keys moment, which is that moment of recognition when you thought, oh my gosh, I can see myself performing, or maybe even I just love this so much. It could have been a film you saw, a live performance, a book you read, anything. Do you, do you feel like you had a ring of keys moment? You know, my mom watched soap operas when I was a little girl. I'm named after a soap opera character. Oh, wow. Yeah, there was a soap one called The Secret Storm. Oh. There was a character named Myra Ames. <laughs> and my mom, I watched that when she was a teenager. And so, you know, my mother's a hard worker. You know, she's a retired nurse. She would work, 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 work. And the only time she would stop, really, because either she was at her job or she was, and my dad, too, work, work, work. And but for her soap operas, she would stop because she worked at night. She was a nurse at night, so she could be with us during the day. She would stop and get into her soap operas, sit in her chair, and every emotion would go through her face. And I remember looking at my mother, watching the soap opera, and thinking, I want to be in the TV. (laughs) (laughs) What she's watching, if that thing is doing that to her, I want to be in there. And it's not that she is neglectful. I mean, my mother is kind of like the mother of all mothers, right? (laughs) And um, But the power of whatever was happening that caused those changes in her made her stop kind of drop. I think that was my moment when I was like, mm, that's what I want to do. And I never really realized that mm, that my parents realized that that's how, what I wanted to do so much. They never stopped me. That's another thing. They mm-hmm. never stopped me. And, you know, we don't come from that background. This is a middle-class family. You know, my dad worked for the trans authority. My mother's a nurse. You want to be an actor? You would see how people would say, ah, be practical. <laughs> come on, stop it. They never stopped me. They never stopped me. Mm, that's thank goodness they never awesome. did. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm thinking about how you know, in you saying that you saw how impacted your mother was. You know, she's working nights, and then she's able to kind of just lose herself in art. What mm-hmm. a powerful way for you as a child to think, I want to do that for other people. And then I'm thinking about myself in quarantine and how, you know, television and film is what kept me distracted for the better mm-hmm. part of a year. And I think that's, I think it's just amazing the way the universe works and how important the arts are and how we've needed it now more than ever. So, wow, that's, that's really, that's really cool, Myra. I love, I love that story. That's maybe one of my favorite Ring of Keys moments that we've heard. That's really cool. Good. So did you start immediately doing like live performances, like community theater or anything like that? No, it's just kind of hodgepodge. I mean, uh, in elementary school, we did like my first play when I was 10 was uh, Goldilocks and the Three Bears in Spanish. Oh, cool. <laughs> right? Because we got Spanish class there. And so, <laughs> and I was Mama Bear. I oh, love it. <laughs> Character parts at 10. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And then, uh, oh God, Malika Lee Whitney was my, my first acting teacher. I saw an advert in the Amsterdam News uh, about a, a theater workshop that was happening at the PAL Center. So I went down there, you know, for some reason. And Lee, she was just a great woman. And she would just take us everywhere. She had this little ragtag group and we would just go everywhere. And she was working with like a prison, uh, people who were ex-cons who had formed a theater troupe that were called The Family. And we just got to hang around them and just see the importance of theater and how you had to be practical and you had to be real and you had to just, you know, come with it and just be sincere in your heart. Um, it was great. It was great, great training. Um, I did some things in high school, but it never was, you know, like I never was that kind of like phenom. Like my nephew is a phenom. I mean, he just can, he sings his heart out and he has been singing since he was like little and he's still phenomenal. That never was me. I just managed to kind of drop in places, but it was still like, even up to college, I was like, okay, I guess I'll go to a law school. You know, and then someone said to me, you know, Myra, if you want to do the theater major, this is kind of the last time you could do it. You know, you probably need to. And I said, okay. And um, one of my classes was taught by Nico Sakharopoulos, right? Who was one of the early founders of the Williamstown Theater Festival. Right. And just taking class with Nikos and, you know, who was, my classmates were like, like Tina Landau and Stephen Skybell. And, oh my goodness. And you just, and then of course, all the drama school people who were there that I knew, like Angie Bassett and, and Charles Dutton and the late great Reg Cathy. And, um, oh, wow. It was just a wonderful creative space to be in and place. Anyway, the Williamstown thing, I started going to Williamstown. I got a letter in my, my, my Yale station mailbox saying, Nicholas would like you to audition for Williamstown. And that began, you know, like a decade of association with Williamstown. And I get, did so much at Williamstown that I would think that I'd already done my career. I'd get home from the summer and be like, what, there's, oh, there's other things to do? Because I had been singing and I'd been on stage with like Dick Cavett and you know, all these people and oh my God, goodness. I don't know. There's no like straight trajectory. It was yeah. Just, you know, things just happen. And, but meanwhile, you were a Yale student, correct? Correct. Oh my goodness. That is so amazing. Wow. You've, you've truly done everything. <laughs> you know, I feel very, 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 very fortunate. I do. Oh, that's awesome. And, and gratitude I've learned in my life is truly the key to joy. If you, if you constantly practice gratitude, you'll always find that little bits of happiness along the way. That's good. That's good. It's been a challenging time. Just got to hold on. We got to hold on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know we forgot to ask you sort of at the top of the show, one of our signature questions is just, a, it's more personal, but are you are you well in all this time? Are you doing well? Yeah, I'm fine. I mean, you know, at one point, you know, my dear uncle had COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, he got it early on. And I was taking care of him. And it was really just the two of us. And I know there were times he coughed dead in my face. <laughs> Oh, oh my god. But it's it, it, we're here. Mm-hmm. He's here, I'm here. It's it's kind of just a miracle and amazing and oh god, my heart is just so sick for what people have been going through, what we're all going through. And we're kind of, you know, because 
we're everyone's an amazing human being. We're managing to get through it, but this is not normal and this is stressful. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're just kind of on the edge here. But, oh, absolutely. <laughs> but I'm good. I'm good. And did is your uncle all right? He's doing amazing. Good. It's amazing what he's been through. I think they should study him. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Seriously, this is a man who, you know, did sit-ins in South Carolina in the 60s and grew up and became an engineer and worked for the government forever. And I mean, had COVID, had double pneumonia. He's on dialysis and he is still here. Okay. Oh my goodness. Talking wow. stuff, talking about my where is my what up, you know. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's yeah. a fighter. He's a fighter. He's definitely a fighter. Oh, incredible! Wow. Your whole family seems amazing because now you've taken on sort of this nurse role that your mom had. You know, it's it's all of these different amazing people in your life that have probably influenced different roles you've played too. You know, I guess so. Again, I just go back to just fortune. It's um. It kind of, it just feels good to feel things and to be in a profession where that's what you do for a living. You feel and you try to figure out why people do what they do Mm -hmm. um, so that you can understand the world better and maybe make the world better. Uh, 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 We have to understand each other Mm -hmm. as human beings. And that's what theater can do more than any other art form as one human to another this is what it means to be human Mm -hmm. so for that i'm again grateful (laughs) and you've been in so many television and film projects as well that we've consumed i mean we were just watching defending jacob and i mean how cool like all these different interesting things you run i think every single law and order show that's ever existed (laughs) i mean seriously that it's amazing you're on girls like when we were going through all your credits we were like we've seen everything that Myra's been in it's really awesome it's so fun it's so fun to get to meet these people I mean girls Lena is like a genius oh yeah I mean how freaky is it to be in the scene with someone they're acting in the scene with you right they're talking We're, we're we're scene partners and then all of a sudden this girl goes cut because she was also directing. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, you are a little genius. And just, you know, just great. And the defending Jacob thing is like, I'm looking, and they have this gorgeous man. What, right, Chris Evans? Yep. Oh, yeah. How gorgeous are you? You know, and I just sit here and look at you and just kind of tell you what to do because I'm the judge. Okay. Oh, yes. It's all good. And that crazy thing, Kimmy Schmidt was like, oh. oh. Oh, that was so fun. That was so fun. I loved that show. It was so funny and filled with such humanity. I think I did the last episode. Yeah, it was the final episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Now I have a defending Jacob Mm. question. Did you watch, did you watch the series once it, you know, when it came out? No, I never watched. You didn't watch it? Well, I'm wondering, do you think he did it? Do you think Jacob was a murderer? Because I do. (laughs) I think he's I think he killed that boy. Spoiler alert, Connor. Well, that's that's the plot that's the plot of the show is that this 
That's true. Boy named That's Jacob true. may or may not have killed his classmate. And so the idea is, you know, they're literally defending Jacob, uh, his father and mother trying to figure out, you know, what Ooh, happened. It's a scary world, ain't it? Listen. Scary. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm going to have to watch, but I don't know. I don't, you know, <laughs> I was watching um, 24, actually. Speaking of things that we watch, I was oh, binging yeah. that with... Kiefer several. I want to say little Kiefer because there was one summer when he was at Waynestown. I know this is a very small person, <laughs> but he's so great. And what I love about something like Twenty Four is like stuff gets to get fixed in the world. So that was mm-hmm. fun. And Cherry Jones is the president. Yes. Yeah. Oh, she was so good. <laughs> I wish I had watched it when we did Defending Jacob. Oh right. Oh my gosh, she was on Defending Jacob too. Right. Because we, we had a little, you know, chat, Terry and I, because she was one of the oh, yeah. attorneys and she came up and we were talking. And if I'd known that she played the president at that point, because she did some good work. Oh, mm-hmm. boy. She's great. So cool to me that when you see theater and TV and film perf- actors all coming together. I mean, you were in Ben is Back. Rachel Bay Jones was in Ben is Ooh. Back. It's just really cool. It's And you bring this this groundedness from the stage to television and film which sometimes can feel over the top and but it's it's uh, it's always a delight to see a theater person and go oh i saw them in this or <laughs> it's fun yeah it's you know and when you learn how not to well sometimes hopefully not to be so big not to be so theater because you know theater we're trying to reach that back row True. take it down take it down <laughs> Now, speaking of reaching the back row, I know you did that as Madame Morrible in Wicked. And Wicked is one of our favorite shows. I think it just touches so many people. And I am so jealous of anyone who got to see you do the show. We we saw, like, we we were in Cleveland, and it was in Cleveland February of 2008. And I think you joined later that year. I joined in, like, June, July. (sighs) Okay. But I'm sure you saw, like, Lenny Wolpe and a lot of those other cast members would have been... From Cleveland, too, I think. Lenny's one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. I remember when I went to see Wicked, right, after I'd gotten a job, and I went to see the Broadway show, and I thought, Lenny was playing the wizard then, and I thought, that is a nice man. I hope I get to meet that man. We were, (laughs) you know, the madam and, and the wizard for a long time. We ended the show together on tour. Oh, how special. He's just one of the best people ever. I love that. What was what was that like touring around the country for a year plus? Oh, it was so much fun because we did month long sit downs. Oh, yeah. So you know you would get to be in a city for a whole month, and you know Lenny and I were basically a couple, so we would go out to dinner, and <laughs> it was just fun. And I can't drive, but he can drive. We would go to museums and da 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 da. Oh, so much fun. It was so much fun. And then people get such a kick out of Wicked. That's the thing. Getting to do something that means so much to so many people is just it's just uh, an honor. I love that. That is so cool. Wicked, yeah. And you were the first black actress to play Madame Morgan. That is correct. That is correct. I think there was someone who was an understudy, um, a black woman who got to do it. But I think I'm the first one on contract as not a marvel. Then Ms. Cheryl Lee Ralph did it on, on Broadway. Broadway. But you did it first. But you did it first. Yes. But you know, that was a funny... See, you didn't ask me. Here, I'm doing this old actor stuff. No, do it, do it. That was a fun, like, how I got that job, the Wicked job. Okay, that was crazy. That was crazy. 
I was sitting in, I think it was old Bernie Chelsea's office on 40, 30, I don't remember. Anyway, I'm <laughs> sitting there getting ready to audition for something off Broadway, right? Lisa Laguilo comes in. I'd worked with Lisa on another Broadway show when she was at Corrine. And now she's Joe Montello's second at that point, right? Mm. She sees me sitting there. We talk. We're like, how are you doing? How's your kids? Blah, 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 blah. And then five minutes later, she comes out, Myra, you want to audition for this part? I'm like, what? <laughs> she's like, yeah. I mean, you can. I'm like, really? What? I said, okay. I think I saw it, but I don't remember. So I said, let me do this other audition. And then I'll, I'll come back. And then I talked to my agent. I said, okay, Lisa wants me to read from Morrible. Can you just kind of catch me up on what the thing is and da 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 da? Okay, and that's okay, Lisa. I'm ready. And so she gave me the sides, and I went in, and and then I'm you know with Joe. I'd acted with Joe years ago before he was a director. Met him, went to do the musical thing, and then it was like, you got it. What? <laughs> you said you started this by saying the year of yes. You read Shonda's yes. Mm -hmm. That was a yes, yes moment. Wow. That was a. Yes, I will audition. I'm sitting there, me in my like regular clothes, little round brown me, and there all these other like middle-aged uh, uh, white women, kind of looking Marvel-esque. Mm -hmm. How did that happen? How did that happen? Oh, I love that. That gives me chills. That gives me chills. You were the right person for the. I mean, I, I wonder if when Wicked would have come across your desk if you hadn't been in that moment, you know? Because I'm sure it would have at some point, but. That is so cool. That is so cool. I'm glad. I, oh, and Carlton helped me with that because I said, Carlton, um, they want me to audition for uh, Wicked and I have some music. And he said, and he came over. I think he came over here, right? Mm -hmm. He came over here. And we worked on the music together. He came over <laughs> and we worked on the music. Carlton helps me with a lot of things. <laughs> God bless Aww. Carlton. And yeah. we love him. Oh, my goodness. I feel like Madame Warble would be such a fun part to play because the audience is always kind of trying to figure out who is this woman? Like, what are her true intentions, you know? And then there's that moment at the end of the show and she and Glinda are like, or they're, you know, they're, a, a house had just dropped on Nessaros and Glinda's like, oh my God, it was so sad. And there's that turn when all of a sudden Warble's like, now you listen here, Missy, or whatever <laughs> she says, <laughs> Miss, I'm so good or whatever she says to her. Oh. What a fun it's part. It's very fun. I mean, the clothes are fun. Um, oh, yes. The makeup is fun. The, but I'm, I had a chance to meet Miss Hilferty. And I said to her, I said, Miss Hilferty, you know, this part is usually played by women of a certain age. Those costumes are really heavy and hot, girl. <laughs> <laughs> They're gorgeous, though. They're gorgeous. It was fun. It was fun to do. Do you think you would ever go back into the part again? If they would hire me, absolutely. <laughs> I'm getting David Stone on the phone. We'll talk <laughs> later, Myra. <laughs> now, so another really exciting project that you were a part of was the revival of Oh, Nine. yes. Antonio, everybody, Cheetah, <laughs> all those nine women. Oh, so good. Jane Krakowski, another Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt yes. person there. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Antonio, I mean, just the, the energy that he infused that room with. I mean, first you got Cheetah, so already, you, you know, it's mm -hmm. like things are happening. Antonio, I remember him saying, we are going to give Broadway the best show it has ever seen, you know? He was just so <laughs> mm, into it, and I can see him now with his hand like rolled up in a 
gorgeous calves and everything. <laughs> and then there would be Melanie in the corner, you know, looking like she might cut you. And it's like. <laughs> <laughs> had to be there. She had to be there. Yeah, she was there. Yeah, she was. And then when she went into Chicago, hey, now, 49th Street was on fire. Oh, yeah. Oh, because you were in the Eugene O'Neill, right. right? Okay. What's one of my favorite houses? The O'Neill? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was good. It was good. And so singing Be Italian, which there, there's some videos out there for those who, who've never seen it before, but you slay that song. Oh, my gosh. Oh, gosh. You're so nice. <laughs> and the staging of that was so great. And you just command Antonio <laughs> in that moment. It's so great. Oh, Antonio. Well, you know, just, just the heart of him, the beauty of him, the, the, the determination. There was nothing casual. There's nothing casual about Antonio. I mean, his, he's casual in his beauty. You know, he doesn't act stuck up, mm-hmm. even though he's just so beautiful. But his, he wants to do this so much. He is so committed to the art of it. Oh, it was so great. It was a good time. And then, of course, didn't John Stamos go into the role? Yes, Stamos did go into it. What another <laughs> lovely man. Lovely man. Come on, can we say brave? Okay? Uh-huh. Yes, <laughs> very, very much so. I would Shoot. agree. And, you know, he did good. And we kept that show going. Okay. Yeah. You know, my, I was talking to my boyfriend on the phone yesterday when I was telling him that we were going to be talking to you. And he was like, oh, wasn't she in The Revival of Nine? And I said, yes. And he's currently in college for musical theater. And he said his professors cite that as like the requisite version of that show, that it is the one that they reference. And it, it's just the legacy lives on. That you is know? so wonderful. And what a tribute to David Laveau who directed it. Mm-hmm. I mean, another brave person after going from that kind of the iconic version with Raul Julia. Right. All right. Sometimes we have to be brave, right? Not always brave, but I mm. just, I look at some people who do those things. They step into things that, you know, have such a stamp on them and um, they make it their own. I thank God bless them. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Um, now, I know we're jumping around, but right before we wrap things up, I do have a question about the day you got your Tony nomination. <laughs> so it happened at noon with James Monroe Iglehart hosting a di- not an early morning announcement like they usually do, but, a, but an afternoon situation. Where were you? Take us to that moment when you found out that you were a Tony nominee. <laughs> I was sitting on my couch. <laughs> I was doing something, honestly, like balancing a checkbook or something. <laughs> Truly mundane. I was not watching. It was not on my radar, you know, because I'm in the the midst of this other thing. And mm-hmm. the phone, my phone rings, and it's my agent, uh, Stephen Unger, and he said, "Well, how does it feel to be a Tony nominee?" I'm like, "Stephen, stop it!" You know, I'm like, "What are you talking about?" He said, "Myra," I said, oh, I, "What are you talking about?" He said, "Okay, okay." He said, "I'm gonna let some other people call you." And then I will call you back. And that's what happened. And I think the second call was the great Don Lewis. And Don was like, Myra. Mm. And I'm like, oh, my God, this really happened. And then people, mm. other people started calling. And then about an hour later, Stephen called back and he said, do you believe me now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh my God, that's so funny. I'm surprised Carlton wasn't like calling you up right away and being like, did you hear? Congratulations. See, Carlton runs around doing everything between his performances and working with children. that He was probably sleeping. <laughs> when I did call him, he actually, he cried. He cried. Um, it's, like I said, it's like the, the best news in the most challenging year. Um, there was, there's something very, it's the moment when you exhale is something mm. that, okay, I guess I really am an actor. Um, mm. um, the recognition, there's just something I just, I feel like, to be honest with you, I feel like I, I let down a burden. Like I took something off my shoulder and was able to just put it down. And just wow, and you can exhale. You can exhale, and it's the funny thing about this. Well, not funny, but that's not quite the right word. But about us being not knowing when the ceremony is going to be, you just kind of get to live in this feeling of I'm a Tony nominee. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. and it's not uh, stuff that maybe I'm not so comfortable with, which is all the dressing up and the running around. Because Stephen said, if this were normal. I'd be escorting you to this place, this place, that place. It's just a kind of moment to kind of breathe, kind of breathe through it and actually hope that we all heal and get better together. And then maybe by the time we get ready to celebrate this, we can all celebrate together and Broadway will be coming back. Mm -hmm. right? So, yeah, that's what it feels like. Oh, how beautiful. I'm so happy for you, Myra. This is wonderful. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I hope we can celebrate together too. <laughs> I know. I'm like, you're getting me excited. So we are sadly wrapping up and there's so many things in your career that we didn't get a chance to touch on, but maybe next time. Uh, but every episode we end on a dose of drama, which is that something we want to share with our listeners. Maybe it's a recommendation in pop culture, something you've been watching on TV. It could be anything at all before we say goodbye. And I'm going to kick it off this time because in the last week, I, I watched a new film on Amazon called Sound of Metal starring Riz Ahmed. And it was so good. And he was also really hot in it. So I had to dive into other you know, performances that he has given. And I had never watched The Night Of on HBO and binged that in two days. So good. So I guess my dose of drama is really just... To, everybody needs to watch The Sound of Metal because it's wonderful. And he's getting some, you know, awards buzz for it, for Golden Globes. And if he gets a Golden Globe nom, potentially an Oscar nomination. So highly recommend that. And he's also really hot. So everyone just go like watch Riz Ahmed nice. content. I love it. Um, well, my dose is, you know, I was going to talk about something else, but I, I, I would be remiss to not mention that it's a new year. It's a rue year. And we have a new season of RuPaul's Drag Race Ooh. on that just started. Now, Myra, have you ever watched RuPaul's Drag Race? I've never watched it. Oh, my goodness. Oh, you'd love you it. You'd love it. It is so fun. And I think it is the joy we need right now at the beginning of 2021. And the next week, we're getting a new a new um, RuPaul's Drag Race UK, the United Kingdom version. Oh, wow. So, two, two seasons going on at once. It'll be a perfect way to tide me over until... We get some some live performance. Maybe it'll carry us through vaccination period. We'll see. Yes, yes, that's lovely. <laughs> now, are you watching anything? 
the great Lila Robbins, my friend Lila Robbins recommended um, on Netflix. It's that uh, the documentary about the octopus. Yes, my octopus yes. teacher. Yes. Right? And Lila said, Myra, you got to watch this. And I did. I watched it the other night and I was just so soothed. So, yes, mm. I recommend that. Oh, I've heard it is so good. Okay, I'm definitely going to watch it this week for sure. Because you're not the first person. I was hesitant, but now that you've recommended it, I'll I'll dive into it. <laughs> now, this has been such a treat for Connor and I, and our listeners are going to eat this up. Thank you for your time today, Myra. Thank you for your wisdom and all of the different roles we've gotten to see you transform into over the years. It has been a, a true, true treat to talk to you today. You, this is just a, just a lovely way to start this day. Thank you so much. You are so kind and I love your enthusiasm. Thank you. Of course, of course. Thank you. And I hope oh when this God. is all over, we can we can celebrate you and the award, and we'll let you know when we come and see Tina. Oh, please do. Oh, that would be great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I think yes. we still have a bottle of bubbly upstairs. <laughs> all right. Oh, we'll dust it off, and uh, <laughs> we'll talk. We'll talk more about defending Jacob once you've once you've watched it. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, happy new year, Myra. And everybody follow at the drama podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Follow me at Connor McDowell and Dylan at Dylan McDowell. And thank you again, Myra and Connor. We will see you next time. Drama. drama.